Welcome in podcast, Pete Forsey. Thanks so much for choosing the show. Uh, go ahead, hit follow, hit subscribe, review, tell your friends what we're doing here on the show. It's on Spotify, Amazon, wherever you listen. And we're breaking down all NFL football games. There's only a few left. Today's the division round. Next week, we'll have conference championship content coming your way. I'm going to preview that a little bit. But tonight, I'm recording this here on Sunday after the divisional round. Got some takes. The Cowboys, absolute collapse. No way. No other way to slice it. It's bad in Dallas. Joe Burrow, he's definitely cemented himself. He's better than Josh Allen. I'm going to tell you why. Broadway beatdown in Philly, and then a hobble Mahomes topples Jacksonville. So let's get to it. We break down all NFL playoffs. Thanks so much for tuning in. Cowboy and Niner game ended just about it's 10, 15 Central Standard Time here in the Midwest. I guess it's been about an hour and a half. Schedule's already thrown off from a late night evening at a at a uh, suburban late night club, I won't name any names. We'll call it Helen Fitzgerald's. And so my body clock's already thrown off. And then the NFL schedule throws in the wrinkle of starting the games at 3:30, since we're down to the divisional playoff portion of the schedule now. So I'm doing the podcast later on in the evening here, and it's got me a little out of whack. But one thing that certainly is typical for a Cowboys season is an out of whack game. It happened against the Niners last year. It's happening again this year. And you know, this one, I defend Mike McCarthy a little bit more overall. And I'm going to later on this evening when he chose to punt the football on, I think it was about the 45 yard line heading into 49er territory, his defense with Dan Quinn, they were nails. They were not letting Brock Purdy or Kyle Shanahan get anything on offense. I found that to be his experience coming into play and saying, hey, I'm not taking any risk with my offense, which looks like shit right now. Why would I do that when the points total for this game, which ended up only 19 points, the Niners, they won 19 to, to 12 here tonight on Sunday. He realized this is going to be a low scoring game. So I'm going to lean on my defense here to create a big negative play. I'm going to lean on my defense to not let them score. Now, Dan Quinn, they had no answer for George Kittle. They came up in that ensuing drive, and they let him go down and, and score a touchdown. So it failed. But at the time, that's what was working. So I get leaning on your strength at that point in time. And, you know, this is a typical game where the fans love to get on Dallas, and in this case, they are correct. They collapsed. After that, it was just train was off the tracks. The offense wasn't getting anything going in general. They couldn't create any yards. The main story here, though, Kyle Shanahan, 49ers, continuously drafting quarterbacks, whether it be Trey Lance in the first round, giving up the farm, re-signing Jimmy Garoppolo, and then in this case, also Brock Purdy in the seventh round. It's very Belichickian-like. It's very Packers back in the day with Favre and Peterson and Mark Brunel. They just continuously are looking at that position. Ron Wolf, the guy who created all those great 90s Packers teams, this was his philosophy. Belichick, you look at Ryan Mallett back in the mid-2000s. You look at Bailey Zappi, Jimmy Garoppolo in 2014 in the second round. You cannot ever have a bad situation when your starter goes out because you need someone to step in at some point. It's a long year. You're one hit away from the season being on the line to where the backup has to come in and play. Continuously look at that position. 
And then when you factor in Kyle Shanahan knows how to dial up a play for any one of his guys, whether it's George Kittle, whether it's Debo Samuel, whether it's Ayuk, he's got the perfect system for it. Niners, they're about to go to the NFC Championship game against a good Philly opponent who we'll get in here in a minute. But it's it's been clear for a little bit. It's looking even more clear now that the 49ers with a third-string quarterback could be going to the Super Bowl and winning it all. So in the earlier slate, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, I think we can now say Joe Burrow is ahead of the guy that was drafted. Number 10 overall by the Bills in 2018. Josh Allen has a couple more seasons under his belt. And you look over the last month plus December, last few weeks of November, Josh Allen, he is not playing well. He has looked like the 2019 and not quite the 2018 version because that was a car wreck, but he has not been playing well. It has only been quick strike on offense, and then as far as the rest of his play, you just don't get a whole lot of manufacturing on the offensive side of the football. And Joe Burrow makes a lot of things out of nothing. He's got an offensive line in shambles. He's getting the ball out quickly. He's getting the ball to his playmakers. And he's doing it with a defense that is, you know, pretty nifty. You know, I know they were uh, gassing up the the defensive coordinator, Lou Amarillo, if I'm saying his name right. Um, you know, they're not the most talented bunch, but they are skillful, skillful, and they are smart. And Joe Burrow is overcoming that unit, plus his offensive line, and really his head coach, too. You know, who I like, you know, I know he goes to the Cincinnati bars after games and gives the game ball. I like him as a guy. I think he is smart. I think he's down to earth. Um, But from a head coach perspective, he really looks like an OC who just has the head coaching title. And look, he's good at calling plays. But Joe Burrow is also overcoming some of his mismanagement from a roster and game management perspective. This guy looks like an all-timer. Miss Taylor, when we're out to dinner, the other evening, actually said he looks like the next Tom Brady. I have to say I agree. At this point in time, if we're ever going to choose someone, him or Patrick Mahomes, Blondie down in Jacksonville, looks pretty good too. This was a defining moment. Joe Burrow, greater than Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen, while he can do anything on a football field, as far as spectacular play, he can also make every play on the disaster side of things as well, and we've been seeing a lot of it. So much so that Stephon Diggs, the guy that Minnesota shipped the hell out of town because he's a baby and bails on his teammates at the first sign of trouble, we saw that today. We saw that dust-up on the sideline. It wasn't quite a dust-up. It was a verbal uh, a battle between him and his QB, and then he stormed out of the locker room before the head coach had to break down his team for the rest of the rest of the year before the offseason. His other teammate had to come up come back and grab him, apparently. This guy, man, you know, he he's championed as a leader and passionate because we see him all fired up on the sidelines, and that's when the Bills are winning games. It's September, it's October, they're in first place. But then when it when it comes down to it, when times get tough, when things aren't going your way, Stephon Diggs, he bails. That's why Justin Jefferson is a Minnesota Viking right now. And, you know, Buffalo, I know they always talk about win-now rosters. Yeah, this roster, it's not winning. It's getting into the playoffs. It's not getting to the big game, though. In that window of contention, there's going to get there's going to be a quarterback here that's going to get really expensive. There's going to be some other players that want new contracts. I'm not saying they're going away, 
but it's going to get a lot harder to win. And meanwhile, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they are capitalizing on their window. And it looks like with a hobbled Mahomes, they could be going back to their second straight Super Bowl. What an absolute ass kicking by the Philadelphia Eagles. I was dead wrong on this game. I thought the New York Giants coming off a big win against Minnesota, pounding the rock with Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, getting passes out quick, firing them right in the breastplate of the wide receiver, completing passes, playing clean, efficient football. I thought they would carry that over to an Eagles defense that overall hadn't been great at stopping the run. I thought they could get a lead, stick with it. I thought Jalen Hurts was a little more banged up than he was. Boy, was I wrong on that one. 38-7, to and the Eagles, you know, they're, they're firing on all cylinders right now. You got a great general manager, Howie Roseman, who's built a roster that fits his head coach and the head coach. He's better than I thought. When I saw that press conference, I go, oh boy, oh boy. You don't have to win the press conference, but you can't lose it. The guy was fumbling over his words. He was not looking at anybody in the eye, but you know what? He knows how to call plays and he knows how to tailor his strengths of his quarterback to his offense as well. And as far as 49ers, Eagles, I haven't thought about it enough to really know. I think it's going to be a great game. I do know that with it being in Philadelphia, it's going to be uh, it's, it's a huge advantage with the Eagles than it would be if it were in Santa Clara for the 49ers. So I tend to think that the Eagles really could advance to the Super Bowl. But, you know, with Kyle Shanahan, his second half adjustments, especially what he did against the Cowboys, I'm not quite ready to go that far yet. But the bigger thing that I took away from this game is that the newer Giants, they definitely got a head coach. They got outplayed. They got outcoached yesterday, but they have their head coach and they had a great season from where they started. And Daniel Jones, I know he was asked after the game. Some people were saying it was a cryptic response. I didn't really think so. I thought he was just kind of deflecting the question and saying it's right after the game. I don't want to talk about this. I think that they do have interest in bringing him back. And I think he has interest in coming back because, really, what is Daniel Jones going to fetch on the open market? A backup job? The only job that he's actually going to start at is going to be for the New York Giants. And I would like Dan- uh, Daniel Jones for the Giants at $15 million a year, maybe $17 million a year. But once we get into the 20s, it's, sorry, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, the, the top-tier guys, they get paid 40 45 You are literally half the player that they are. And so we're going to go to the 15, 17 million because you're not going to get a starting job elsewhere. So then it's even lesser than 20 million a year. So you better take this if you actually want to play football. Now, if you want a fresh start, if you want to be a backup, learn from another franchise, you're sick of the turnover because this is uh, your third coach now in Brian Dayball, maybe you want a little more consistency, that's fine. But if you actually want to see the field, and continue with this unit, which you know, the familiarity, betters the chances of actually having success, be a New York Giant for $15 million. And then the Giants have the cap space to go out and get all these other players. Get a tight end. Get another offensive lineman. Get another hulking defensive lineman to go on, or to go with Kayvon Thibodeau, who probably, early bets, this is what I would say, the way he finished the year, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive player of the year. I know Micah Parsons, I was watching him this evening. He looks like Clay Matthews back in his prime, can rush the passer, can drop into coverage. I know he's a great down lineman in the NFC East, but Kayvon Thibodeau, man, he was great at the end of the year. 
If you get another D lineman in free agency with him, New York Giants, they could be a tough out. They could be a tough out along with the rest of their division. And I, I definitely think you got to entertain bringing back Daniel Jones, but it's a pretty hard line, a pretty big hard line in the sand here. 15, 17 million a year. Otherwise, bye bye. So when Patrick Mahomes suffered the ankle injury, the game was pretty well in control of Kansas City. I know the score was still close, but the game was in control and in command of the Chiefs. So, you know, Chad Henney coming in and leading a scoring drive, 99 yards, while, you know, a, a good job by him, I'm not terribly impressed. Chad Henney has been in the league for over seven years, and much like Blaine Gabbard and Chase Daniel, they have jobs for a reason. They're reliable. Head coaches know how they prepare. Head coaches know that they know NFL offenses. It's as if the broadcast, if you were listening to NBC, as if a high school junior varsity quarterback was playing. They're not incapable players. They're one of 64 in the world that are on NFL rosters. They can complete passes. They're not completely phased by the pressure of playing in an NFL game. Let, let's just get that out there. Now, Jacksonville didn't have the talent to match up with Kansas City. They didn't have the speed to match up with Kansas City. Trevor Lawrence had to play his best football of his career for the Jaguars to win this. And I'm not knocking Kansas City. It was a gutsy effort by Mahomes. He came in at maybe 40%. And finished that game, and they won 27-20. to And Jacksonville gave their best effort. But when it came down to it, there was too much uh, 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 Peochi. I don't even know his name. Number 10, the the, the new Tyreek. He's, he's, he's fast as shit, and he was uh, getting in the backfield, and he was getting out of the backfield. I mean, every time I looked up, the guy had the ball. And there was too much uh, uh, MVS. There was too much uh, even Juju. I mean, there was some speed just all over the field. I knew that the Jaguars could not match up with. The big question now is, is he going to be the same player? Is Patrick Mahomes going to be the same player against the Bengals? And I tend to think that he he has a chance to be, but the one thing we don't have to worry about, is he going to be on the field? Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, they showed us that 40% Mahomes is better than 100% Henny. And even if it's 30%, that guy's going to be on the field. Number 15 is going to go out. And I I don't think it's going to be so dire that they'll have to warm up Henny and prepare him uh, legitimately to actually play in this game against the Bengals on Sunday. So you wish you had everybody at full strength. You really do. But if Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid pull this off against a 100% healthy Joe Burrow and the Bengals who are flying high right now, man, that would go up there. Even more than a second Super Bowl championship, this game, with him clearly having a bad ankle injury, that would be up there amongst career-defining legacy games. Tell your friends, tell your family, the podcast. We break down every game here in the playoffs. We talk about all off-season transactions, whether it be free agency, trades, football world, it doesn't stop. We got our baseball side of things as well. Spring training will be here just in a couple of weeks, really, which is hard to believe. Seems like there's still a lot to be done on the free agent market between now and then. Uh, they can get their content right here on the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, follow, review, subscribe, Spotify, 
Amazon, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Tell your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.